Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We're in a series and it's called So Good. So Good. We're looking at as, as how we sow good seed, we will reap a harvest if we don't grow weary and give up. And that's what I preached on last week. Um, every June, we talk about Build and Grow Together, which is our building program. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says this, And God is able, I love this scripture, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. That means we have enough so that we can bless, not only for us, but so that we can bless others. And God is able. You know, one of the things I absolutely love about this campaign that we do every year is it continually pushes me to faith. It continually pushes me to believe God. It continually uh, pushes me to grow and to increase and to enlarge my life. It, it, it helps me and pushes me to become more like Jesus. Isn't that a good thing? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And Build and Grow Together pushes me to faith. And nothing is impossible with Jesus. So... This morning, we're going to be looking in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 8 is a, is a passage of scripture that Paul wrote, obviously. He wrote 2 Corinthians. And it talks about an offering that the churches in, the, in Macedonia took up for, for, for believers who were struggling. And he instructs the churches on how they should give an offering. Build and Grow Together is an offering. It's not a tithe. And it's not unusual to give offerings. So are you ready? Good. 2 Corinthians 8. Let's read it together. Now, friends, I want to report on the surprising and generous ways in which God is working in the churches in Macedonia province. Fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limit. Has anyone ever had that happen? Fierce troubles come, pushing you to the very limit? Yep, a few of you. I've had that. The trial exposed their true colours. Isn't it interesting? That's what trials do. They show us what's inside us. They exposed their true colours. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. I was there and saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford, pleading for the privilege of helping out. In the relief of poor Christians. They gave whatever they could, pleading for the privilege of helping out. You know, when God, I love that line, when God touches a human heart, they cannot help but give. They cannot help but be generous because generosity flows out of a heart that is touched by God. Paul and I were out for dinner a number of years ago and we went, to, we went up to the cash register to pay because we normally do pay when we go out for dinner. We always pay. <laughs> Except for this time, we went to the cash register to pay and the lady behind there said, 
Oh, don't worry, it's been covered. And I turned to Paul and said, darn it, I should have eaten more. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. I was too surprised. I should have ordered the oysters. I don't like oysters. But anyway, back to the Bible. We were, we were like shocked because someone had paid our bill. Who's ever been sitting at a table with a group of friends and it's time to pay the bill and you have to fight? I'm going to pay. No, I'm going to pay. No, 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 I'm going to pay. Sometimes we, you know, we get up while the meal's still going and slip the credit card to the waiter and say, they're going to come but pay it quickly before they do. <laughs> Pleading. See, you guys want to come out for dinner with us now, don't you? <laughs> Pleading for the privilege. That's what it says. Pleading for the privilege. When God touches a heart, generosity flows. You know, these guys paid our bill. We have arguments with our friends to pay their bill. But you know what? God paid our bill. He paid it. He, he took our debt. He wiped the slate clean. He gave his life. What is our response to that? Let's keep reading from what Paul said. He said, This was totally spontaneous, entirely their own idea, and caught us completely off guard. What explains it was that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God and to us. What explains it is that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God. The other giving simply flowed out of the purpose of God working in their lives. Giving is not really so much about money. Giving begins a lot further back than that. It begins in our heart and it flows out of a heart that has been given to God. Can you see the order here? They gave themselves unreservedly to God and then it says the other giving just simply flowed out of that. First as we give to God, it flows. They were free to give and that was the purpose of God working in their lives. Giving is a God thing. And our heart is always involved. Our heart is, is totally integral in the act of giving. A heart that is free is free to give. A heart that is not free doesn't give. If we cannot give, we need to look at our heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. What is flowing out of your life? What springs are flowing out of your life? Is there anything flowing out of your life or are you just surrounded yourself with no outlets? Everything stays in. Like, a, a de like you know, it gets all smelly. Those pools of water that don't have an outlet, don't they? They get stagnant, that's right. And they smell. Sometimes things flow out of me and I, I think, oh man didn't know that was there. I wish that didn't come out. <laughs> what we do with our money shows us where our priorities are. So Paul and I, for us personally, we choose to give 25% of our income back to God every year. Tithes, offerings, build and grow. What else can we do, hey? flows out of a heart that has been given everything. I have, we have nothing without God. Yeah. 
And leaders lead. That's another reason why we do it. Verse 7 says, You do so well in so many things, you trust God. Good job. Tick. You're articulate. Tick. You're insightful. You're passionate. You love us. Now do your best in this too. That's the message version I want to read to you from the New Living Translation. It says this, You excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love from us. I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. What a beautiful line. Paul said to these believers, you guys, you've got it together. He's writing to the church. He said, you've got it together. You, you trust God. You're passionate. You spit, you're articulate. You're doing so much. You're doing so well. I want you to excel also in this other gracious act of giving. There is a grace for giving. There is actually a grace for giving. Proverbs 11.24 says, There is one who scatters, and this talks about it, There is one who scatters and yet increases all the more, and there is one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results only in want. Have you ever looked at someone's life and they're generous and they like they scatter? They just scatter. But they've always got enough. And then there's those who, who hold on, they no, 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 no. But they're, they're, in, they're in want. That's what that scripture says. It talks about the grace of giving. And I think some people, they, they never access the grace God has for them fully to give. They access the grace of God for salvation, and that is so good. Oh, I didn't mean to say that as that. <laughs> that is really good, and it's really important. They access God's grace for forgiveness, yes. They access it for freedom. They love that scripture, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in your weakness. They understand the amazing grace of God for so many things, but that same grace, it's available for us in giving. There's a grace for giving. Yeah. Paul says excel. It means abound, be great in the grace of giving. Take hold of the grace God has for us in that area of our lives as well. Have you done that? You know, that's why we talk. We talk about money. And people get quieter and quieter and quieter until we're all whispering because we don't know what to say. We don't know where to look and she's talking about money again. Because it can take hold of us. And it's off limits. It's one of the things you don't talk about. You know, that's not true when we get a hold of the grace of giving. Yeah. Verse 8 says, I'm not trying to order you around against your will. You'll be happy to hear that today. I am not trying to order you around against your will. But by bringing in the Macedonians' enthusiasm as a stimulus to your love, I am hoping to bring, out the, to bring the best out of you. That's what happens when we start giving. It brings the best out of us. You are familiar with the generosity of our master, Jesus Christ. Rich as he was, he gave it all away for us. In one stroke, he became poor and we became rich. I'm not trying to order you around against your will. See, we get to choose whether we'll be involved or not. It's not compulsory. But I'm telling you, that Paul, just like Paul said, it will bring out the best in you. It will help you. It will enlarge you. It will, it will make you a bigger person. Some people get saved 
which is fantastic, and they're going to heaven, which is awesome, but then they stop. And you know what giving does? It moves you into the faith zone. It moves you into the God zone. It moves you into the nothing is impossible with God zone because you're stretching yourself. Yeah. And you will be a part, you will be a contributor to what's going on in this place. Verse 10, so here's what I think. The best thing you can do right now is to finish what you started last year. If you pledged last year, my encouragement to you is to finish what you started last year and not let those good intentions grow stale. Your heart's been in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish up, so go to it. Verse 12. That's it, said enough. <laughs> Once the, this is the Bible. You can read it. I'm not making this up. It's all in there. <laughs> Once the commitment is clear, you do what you can not what you can't. The heart regulates the hands. Once you've decided to excel in the gift, in the, the gift of giving, once you, you're committed, because like, firstly it's just a decision, yeah, I'm going to be involved. I am going to be involved. Then this is what you do. You do what you can, not what you can't. Very important. Some people look at their lives, their whole lens is what they don't have, what they can't do. It's all about can't, not can. You know, God is not a can't God. He is a can God. He doesn't live his life thinking, oh, well, I can't do that. He doesn't. Because nothing is impossible with God. Don't you live your life focusing on what you don't have and what you're not able to do because that is a very frustrating way to live. Some people live their whole lives like that. The whole look is what is not working, what I don't have, what God isn't doing for me, where he isn't moving, what he hasn't done. I always say flick the switch, people. Not what isn't he doing, but what is God doing? And he's doing something. Don't you tell me he's not doing something because he is. He is doing something where is he moving? What is he saying? What is he saying? What can you do? Not what can't you do. What can you do? I am a firm believer in the fact that God never leaves us without something. Maybe what you have is teeny, teeny, tiny. The Bible talks about a mustard seed. It was teeny, teeny, tiny. Maybe what you have is, is teeny and tiny to us. Maybe what we have feels insignificant. Maybe it seems weak. It doesn't matter what it is. We just need to see what it is. Open our eyes and see. The widow in the Bible brought to the prophet some flour and some oil, and God multiplied it. God, with David, against a huge giant... He had a sling and five stones. That's all he had. The boy, the little boy with the lunch. Loaves and fishes. Fed thousands. What have you got? God starts with what we've got. And if we're willing to bring it to him, if we will allow him to have it, he will multiply it. What do you have? 
2 Corinthians 9 says, For God is the one who provides seed to the farmer and then bread to eat. See, there's an order there. Seed and then bread. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. God provides seed to sow and then bread to eat. He provides good seed that you can sow. What good seed can you sow? We have people, we have five-year-olds, up to 75-year-olds, who give in this campaign from $2 to $10,000 to $50,000 to $100,000. We've had people give more than that, even. He wants to provide for us and increase our resources and enlarge us. Why? It says it right there, to produce a great harvest of generosity in us. And make us more like him. This building is here. Pete said it so well. It's a place for people to come and meet God. It's a place for salvations. It's a place for freedom. It's a place for miracles. It's a place for healings. It's a place for baptisms. It's a place for people's lives to be transformed. And look, it won't, this building won't last for eternity. But the people, the people, the people who are saved in this building, eternity, eternity. We get to hang out with them in eternity. That's why we're here. That's why we're, we're doing what we're doing. Let's finish up what Paul says. He says, this isn't so others can take it easy while you sweat it out. No, you're shoulder to shoulder with them all the way. Your surplus matching their deficit, their surplus matching your deficit. In the end, you come out even as it's written, nothing left over to the one with the most, nothing lacking to the one with the least. It's not just about a few. It's about all of us together. All of us. We accomplish what's happening here. Everyone can be a part. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c 3 Church Watson. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.